Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive, <clears throat> Andy. Hey, um, Drew, how are you doing today? Oh, man, are you kidding me? Uh, love this time of year. Really starting to get some form, really like uh, we're we're at the part of the like preparation for the NFL season where I kind of can't even really believe some of the stuff I thought about in March, April, and May about some of these teams. And, seeing like picture, like pieces are locking together and like yeah, like, why, how, how did I not? How did I not put this together? What was I doing then? Um, we were talking about the Green Bay Packers today and their 2023 campaign. And there was a time back in uh, Roland Garros, Djokovic wins. I had a bunch of flush accounts. I went price shopping, and I looked at the prices in the NFC North. And at the time, the Packers were the long shot. And I was like, really? Okay. Like, that division's awful. Like, the Packers could definitely win. All they need is a couple things to go right with Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur, he's probably the best coach in that division. Uh, Okay, let's take the Packers. I don't regret making that play. I have some implied value there. Not like not not nothing to write home about. It's moved in my direction. I am happy with that. But um, the immediate next step I went through after kind of making that bet was evaluating rosters on all teams, and I evaluated Mm. this um, Packers team. And um, most teams I have like an actual score. Packers team is giant question mark. this offensive roster is a complete unknown. We go into the 2023 campaign, Andy. How many players would you guess on this of their starting 11? I'll even let you have some sub packages. How many of their starters who are going to meaningfully contribute on offense have more than two years experience in the NFL? Like five. Like three. Really? <laughs> is no, is no I, one. I, I, no I was one. going with. David I was going Bakhtiari. with like basically the whole offensive line. Like the offensive no. line has. There's uh, youth, there's Bakhtiari, there. Jenkins. Jenkins has only, has only got four years. He's the third most experienced starter. How on many this years team. did you? How many years did you say? Four. Jenkins four has years. played four. Seasons. No, but how many years was I guessing into? Oh, more than three. Oh, okay. okay. He's the third. He's the third. Aaron Jones, sure. Bakhtiari, and Jenkins. Everybody else is a. Work in progress or a complete uh, unknown. It I guess is we're wild. Just ignoring when Jordan Love was drafted, then. Uh, he, I have him as two years experience because I don't think he took a snap his first year. I don't think he, I don't think oh, he started I'm a game. Jo- I'm joking. Oh, we shouldn't oh, oh, give oh, him oh. any years of experience. He hasn't oh, oh, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't really played. Yeah. And it's funny that you know we just did the Bears, and it's wild that we in within the division we have a quarterback with that we know less of it's it's crazy there's a really heavy dichotomy in the nfc north of we know exactly what we're getting with golf and and cousins and we really really have a huge question mark because love we just haven't seen you know the 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 big the range of outcomes is pretty much on the shoulders of basically him and the receivers i think i, I think a lot of people are bullish on this defense i'm not as i think it can be good not great I think we know what we have with most of the offensive linemen, but then you have, uh, I mean, I'm not like excited. And then the second, the the receivers, this is a bunch of like second year guys, a couple of rookies. So like, what, what do we know the most about? Probably just like 
Aaron Jones is a good running back. And, and then the rest of it is a lot of question marks. Again, there's a lot of upside. And I do really like uh, some of the picks because I think they have upside. But the thing about upside picks is a lot of times they just don't pan out. Yeah. And I mean, I think the key is this the offensive roster needed uh, a healthy, um, you know, a healthy reset because um, we're coming out of the Aaron Rodgers era. Uh, and it is now the uh, the Jordan Love regime uh, at quarterback in Green Bay. And really the entirety of that offensive roster needed a healthy makeover. Um, and they've that's exactly the direction that they've pivoted in. And, um, you know, the fact that these guys are all unproven, it, it is a blank palette for, uh, for Matt LaFleur. But, um, you know, there's also plenty of examples where we come into – seasons with teams that are this inexperienced on offense and it's just a hot mess so the offense for the green bay packers to me is singularly the widest range of outcomes of any unit in the nfl based on the uh, complete and total unknowns that we've got at so many important positions and i am you know i'm not the you know, I think their schedule will get there eventually is soft enough that this team could very well surprise to the good. Sure. Matt LaFleur. Um, and actually, let me ask you this about Matt LaFleur. You've been listening to the Playmakers podcast? Huh? I haven't yet. It's on okay. It's on the queue for the – I have a bunch of uh, – I'm just going to pretend I have a bunch of work out in the shop this weekend and yeah. catch up on podcasts. But I watched yeah. so much tennis and had in-laws and yeah. done. I didn't get my weekend podcast. I'm excited, and part of it is because I want to know a little more about him. Yeah. I think he – it's another one, too, where we just have an unanswered, like, hey, are you good because you're Aaron Rodgers? At, yeah. But also, at the same are you, are you time, we saw – it's not like Rogers' numbers were great, and some of that was around like, "Hey, here's a bunch of wide receivers I don't like, nor do I want to like. In fact, I'm going to be pissy about it." And mm-hmm. like, it was just a, it was kind of a weird team dynamic, even though he wasn't like full on. I don't know how he, you know, how he can be. Um, and then yeah, we just we don't know is Jordan Love good? We don't know Dobbs, Watson. Like, is there more upside to them? Uh, when I was writing about them a couple weeks ago. I kind of fell in love with the tight ends. <laughs> like, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I watched I watched a bunch of film on uh, Musgrave, and it was it was another one too. Where like you know we had, you know you had this tight end class, and tight ends are not that valuable um, in the draft. They're just not going to go super super high unless you have some crazy thing like Pitts. But Musgrave was just he was a guy who kind of missed time last year. You go back and look two years ago, and it was like, damn, he's good. And then I watched some of this, you know, the senior bowl stuff. And you go look, and I'm Googling like how tall, you know, basically he is he's the exact same height and weight as Kelsey. He ran and had pretty much the same combine as Kelsey. No one is going to be Travis Kelsey, but like he looks pretty good in some of his tape. And I think maybe I just missed him because obviously he missed a year, and then I don't stay up late enough to watch West Coast football. Sure. So I do like him a lot. I like that they took basically him light from South Dakota State in in craft. Yeah. They, they drafted a couple tight ends, kind of the same guy, but one was FCS level. But it's not like we've never seen a tight end from South Dakota State perform at this level. So it might be like, hey, this passing offense is good, and it's not because of Watson and Dobbs. 
Well, yeah, so, I, hey, you you but, got you got a couple of young tight ends who are because that's that's a really quarterback friendly system. Is if you have a couple of tight ends who can do a few different things well, and they both do, and then if you get any upside with those receivers, it's basically all right, Jordan Love, go do it. And like you okay. said, I don't I don't know that we should spend a lot of time guessing what Jordan Love can be because that's it's probably silly at this point. So like you oh, said, yeah. this huge, you, got, you just got to put, you got to put the, huge range you, gotta put the you, you put the uncertainty bands in the model and you live with the, you live with it. There's nothing you can do other than that. Um, I was, I will save extended thoughts for playmakers for another day. Uh, once you okay. get a chance to go through it, I need to listen to a couple again, because I got to tell you, it's tough to like singularly focus on, on, on the, uh, the verbal, uh, medium, uh, for that type of content. Um, yeah. also a lot of narration that was unnecessary. Um, but, uh, again, ultimately flowers to Jordan Rodrigue for pulling that off. Cause quite a cool, uh, coup to get, uh, you know, firsthand accounts from all of those very important people in today's football did not learn much about Matt LaFleur from that though, at least on first listen. So, um, Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about 2022. Um, the Green Bay Packers had a toxic employee situation. It was bad. They paid him a lot of money to be a pouty crybaby. Uh, and realistically, uh, you can point to injury situations he was dealing with. Um, but it was pretty clear that the divorce was coming between Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Um, and I am perfectly fine blaming Aaron Rodgers for most of that. I don't think there's really much of a question of, you know, of should it be 80, 20 or 90, 10? I don't really care. Uh, Aaron Rodgers made that a very, very tough, uh, situation down the stretch between himself and the organization. And when you're the leader of a team and you're acting like that, uh, it tends to have negative consequences on the performance. So the fact that they underachieved among the greatest underachievers in the NFL last year, especially considering that they didn't really have much missed time from players who mattered. Uh, I think is is kind of the key takeaway from 2022. Uh, they made a little bit of noise late. Aaron Rodgers clearly was getting healthier. He was playing, performing better, and their schedule was super soft. I bet on them to win the Super Bowl at ridiculous prices. That was a fun little month of them winning games and making it seem like they were going to force their way into a super weak NFC playoff field. Ultimately did not materialize thanks to the fighting Dan Campbells, keeping them out of the playoffs on the brink. Um Nothing about the Packers season was especially fun uh, to watch. No, um, and like you said, any any games they missed, it felt like like the, the bulk of games missed injury were on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. As far as especially if you weight them by importance, they yeah. did miss some pieces there. The defense probably should have played better. I don't love the defensive coordinator as a whole, but I'm willing to give them a slight pass on that. But yeah, it was, I it, was am a, not. it was it was it was a weird it was a weird dynamic. Like I said, with the just the, the quotes you were getting from Rogers early in the season about the young receivers. And it's like, Hey, kind of, it's like you said with the toxic employee. Well, Hey, I don't care if you don't get along with this guy. He's in your small group. He's in your cubicle next to you. You have to get along with him. Like, Hey, you better make a fucking effort to like these receivers and train them to be better. Because yeah, we're paying you $50 million dollars to do this. Like Savvy vet quarterback. You have to make this work for us. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, it was it was it was a hot mess. Um, lost bad vibes, on. bad vibes all bad around. Bad vibes all around. I am not giving Joe Barry a pass at all at the defensive coordinator position because there's now a several year sample of him getting less out of the defense than the sum of the parts. Injuries entirely irrespective. 
this scheme is not working at the NFL level, and he has a lot of questions to answer this particular year. And I'm saying all this having bet this team to win, which I kind of feel. I was going to say he, kind of he feels, feels like because uh, not a lot of changes on the defensive side of the ball. Basically, like, hey, Gary's healthy, and we're kind of going to run it back. So when you do that, and you've had underwhelming performances, it feels like he might be a midseason jettison. Yeah, it's sure. not like he he doesn't have the excuse of hey I lost all my good players this year and uh you know that's why my scheme isn't working. No, it would be three straight years. Mm-hmm. Like if having you know a completely healthy defense finds him in the middle of the pack and it's a mid-range defense, he'll probably be retained. But it it does feel like he's I know coordinators don't often get talked about. I guess being on the hot seat, but he f- certainly should be if they continue to be like a you know especially against the run. Like you, mm-hmm. you do have to be able to stop the run a little better with some of the players you have. Yep. Packers were a 10 and a half win over under last year. They won eight. Uh, they were mm-hmm. 11 to one to win the Super Bowl. They did not make the playoffs. Um, this was a team that was extremely bad against the spread to start the season. They were three and one, two, three, four, five, six, three and six first nine weeks. Uh, and then as aforementioned, they won a couple of games down the stretch uh, four wins in a row, four covers in a row, uh, including some as pretty meaningful favorites. But this was against a pretty soft schedule. The only kind of standout impressive win in there was they went at Miami on Christmas Day, I think, and won 26 to 20 in comeback fashion. And that was kind of when I was like, oh, man, I'm actually buying into this team. I hope they win the NFC. This will be fun. Um, but ultimately, it was it was great fun watching Detroit beat them. I thought in the final game of the regular season, uh, finished the season eight and nine against the spread. Uh, they generally were uh, over under, kind of depending on the health of Rodgers, under to the beginning part of the season, over to the end. Um, and uh, yeah, not a memorable season. Not a lot of takeaways. Definitely didn't think Matt Lafleur. Uh, you didn't learn anything about him last year, um, and uh, yeah, other than the decision to retain Barry, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm struggling to kind of get the vision. Yeah, and this is this is Bruce oh, Lee here, Lee Bruce. I read it wrong. He says it better than I did. Like, yeah, eight eight first round picks in this defense now with all those guys. Like, no excuses. Yeah, yep. I mean, it, it does feel like this is this is your ch- this is your last chance to yeah. get this sorted because yeah, that's the why, entire that's why it's there there are so many players that you should be better and and uh you know uh birdie said it's a bad division to be bad against the run outside of minnesota madison madison might be good too just uh minnesota runs so much outside zone it's basically like if you have an offensive line and 11 players on the field who are on the same page it doesn't matter if it's not delvin cook anymore like the offensive zone is so running back neutral like they're probably going to have a pretty good run ba- run game as it is especially because they'll have a good pass game so like it's if it's bad against the run again it's going to be bad and but that's kind of where i do hope love and these receivers gel pretty well mm-hmm. because this, if this if it turns out to what is, what's the most likely outcome Barry might stink again um the scheme just doesn't work. We'll find out, um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. not the, mo- the most likely outcome on offense isn't a super, you know, well-oiled machine. And then Lafleur is this genius, but it's one of the outcomes. And that would be a really fun team to watch. I love, I just, I'm just cheering for every defense to be bad and every offense to be good. Well, I, I just think, want a, bu- yeah. I just want a bunch of, I just want a bunch of 2022 lions clones all over the NFL. That's all I want to watch. That shit's fun to me. Yeah, and 
Yeah, the yeah. Okay. I I mean you're gonna get it. Like this is clearly the best defense on paper in the uh NFC North. It's not close. Uh and it is the what is it in the NFL? Let me see. Twenty second best in the NFL. So yeah. <laughs> it's uh this is an offense thought you know, the the worst offense on paper, best defense on paper in your division, but the offense only has upside because it's such an unknown and the defense, you know, presumably can with the healthier campaign and Barry making some adjustments could potentially be uh, you know, could be enough to get you to a division title, which is why five to one was a vet. Um, all that said, uh off season was like it was pretty bad for these guys. Like they like they are a net loser in terms of valuable players, even though they swapped a lot, you know, they got a lot of capital back for Aaron Rodgers and they've invested that in some young players. And, you know, they could they could turn this around quickly and have like another sustained winning stretch if Jordan Love is the guy. Um, but uh you lose Rodgers, that's that obviously matters. Uh you lost Alan Lazard as your wide receiver. Um, he was the most accomplished of your wide receiver group, uh, certainly in terms of like length of experience, you know, length and experience, um, the most consistent, uh, albeit the, you know, not a high ceiling guy. Uh, Jaron Reed was your second best player on your D line and he is gone now to Seattle. Um, and then uh, everybody else that they lost were kind of pieces yeah. that you don't really hate to see walk out the door mason crosby gone by the way yeah uh, no more no I, more tanya no more Cobb, no more mercedes lewis uh so the olds were shown their papers i like i like the pass rush as a whole you know it's not a hey here's this guy and he's miles garrett and he's gonna blow your ass up and everyone knows him but it's a bunch of guys who I, i'm looking at grades and just kind of looking at how they used them it should have been better. I know there were some injuries, but having Van Ness as depth and possibly like more than that, if he shows some flashes as a rookie, it wasn't a big sack guy in college for as far as you know garnering stats. But I like that as depth. Like it's most. I'm really worried about the safety position, I guess. And then linebackers can if the, if we don't see some step up in the linebackers, like it could be rough if you get to that second and third level as running back facing this Packers team. So if the pass rush isn't, if at least the pass rush isn't good with like six or seven guys they have that have upside, mm-hmm. then it's, then it's like, Oh fuck, like nothing's, nothing's going right on this defensive side. And like we said, it's probably curtains for Barry. Outside of the draft, the Packers brought in four players this year. That's it. Four acquisitions, a nobody DB, a nobody Full linebacker. Back. Uh, oh, who's the fullback? I thought they brought in a fullback. Oh, maybe they did. I don't know. I, I maybe I somehow screened out fullbacks in my my research, but I, I, you I have probably can. I have a nobody DB and nobody linebacker, uh, an interesting DB from Houston, Jonathan Owens, who I think could actually be a decent player for them, uh, and a long snapper. <laughs> so they they really prioritized the pieces of you know, the parts of their roster that they needed to address in free agency. No, the plan is pretty clear and simple agents. here. Oh, okay. So yeah, the plan was pretty clear and simple here. Like youth, we are trying to improve this team by investing in young players. We are going to draft and develop, and that is our strategy for succeeding in today's NFL. Credit to them for trying this strategy, but it, it just depends. It's going to depend on their ability to evaluate talent. And I got to tell you, some of the recent track record for their decision making in the draft has not been very good. 
um, certainly the major decision looming large was the drafting of Jordan Love and AJ Dillon that same year uh, when you had a, a Rodgers, uh, you know, who was still in his prime, won MVP, could have gone on to greater things, but you just didn't have enough off- offensive talent around him at the time. At least that's one interpretation, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it's uh, it's it was a it was a, a weird off season with a clear vision at least for the Packers. They're they are betting on their ability to evaluate talent in the draft. Good luck to them. It was a weird off season from the organization, you know, org chart side where I guess they had enough um, when they had enough equity and you know with the uh, with the owners plural who where they had enough 13 win seasons that they that that LaFleur got to keep Joe Barry cuz he wanted to, I suppose. Um, I'm not sure why he did. Uh, I did not see growth really from the Packers defensive last year or any of their players take a meaningful step forward. So um, not exactly sure what he did to retain his job, but that's fine. Um, and so ultimately their off season grade kind of knowing where you are, knowing who you are taking a you know chance on your own player, you know, on your own player evaluations, give them a B minus anything you would do differently if you were the Packers in their situation this off season, Andy. It's tough because they weren't in a position to add a ton. You know that I like the draft a lot. I already mentioned I like both tight ends. I like Van Ness. I like uh, I like so I like some of the things we did. I like uh, you know that part of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't do a lot outside of it, but at the same spot, you were in a you were in this spot where. Like you have all these young players, you kind of got to feel it out before we just move on. Because if you end up paying a, you know, a free agent wide receiver, like what are you gonna do? Go get OBJ, or you know who who's left? Are you gonna pay pay Nuke? Like I don't think those are the right moves when you have some no. of these guys. You liked them enough to use second round picks on these wide receivers. You liked them enough to yeah. take these tight ends. You have a good running back. You need to figure it out. So it's it's tough when. Well, so, it, so answer me this. It was tough to make to make the the big swing moves. It feels like. Okay, so answer me this. I, I agree with yeah, you. It's like sentiment. a B. It's a B. I agree with you. So if you if you had um if you had a roster that was 183 million, um, cap by the way is like 250. So if you had a roster that was 68 million under the cap, what would you have done with that 68 million dollars, Andy? Put it on Alcaraz, right? Yeah, pay your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, like fuck finding out. Let's just get one more year. Let's see what happens. <sighs> I mean, eight million is what's sitting on the table with these guys. Uh, they have, they have obviously Alexander's very good, full on shutdown guy. Uh, where do you have Rasul Douglas rated? Uh, in just in general, uh, like above or below replacement level? Like, does yeah. it matter? He's, I think he's slightly above. Good enough. Um, good corners. Like I said, lack of safeties. Go get a safety. Their secondary is very good. Yeah, Russell Douglas is he's slightly above replacement. Right yeah, it, 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 it kind of ties together with the linebackers. Like linebackers and then you know losing losing Amos, it could just be, oh, shit, we're still kind of bad against the run if we can't stop yeah. it at the first yeah. level. No, in terms so of like, roster strength, their secondary is top, uh, top, yeah. top 12. Well, have, yeah, having Alexander's great. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe some depth in secondary uh, runs. Oh, they have, they have depth actually. They have depth. Uh, their nickelback is is excellent. 
Uh, Eric Stokes is their fourth, their fourth well, I mean, corner. Yeah. Keyshawn Nixon, where do you have yeah. him? Yeah, I have him as as uh, okay. well okay. above replacement I'm, level at Nickelback. Maybe, yeah, you know, maybe good. some of these, maybe some safety help, maybe some linebacker help. Yeah, free safety, there. Rudy Ford is a question mark. His backup actually I have graded. Uh, Jonathan Owens, I would they have him currently listed as backup free safety i think he's going to take that job he's, yeah, it's he's silly because the, the move is the move is probably a wide receiver you know and what like i said i don't Let's love see. that move for the the current you know situation oh. maybe offensive line help but if i know, move owens when you're, when you're paying starting... cheap on cornerback you know or quarterback okay sorry go uh, it's it's a goofy they were in a goofy spot like we just keep coming back to this they were in a goofy spot from a from a roster building standpoint yeah, no, I, I think that's completely fair. So, yeah, if I move Owens into um, a starting role, free safety over Ford, uh, then the defensive backfield for Green Bay is top eight for me. So this is a good unit. Even, you know, just again, it's on paper. Like Barry could try a way to screw yeah. this up. And they, they should be good against the pass. I still just worry against the run yeah. a little, which uh, I don't know. Let's see who they play. Look at the schedule yeah. because I do have something to say about how that ties in with the schedule. Okay, so you're gonna give him a B. I'll give him a. I'm gonna give him a, a B minus. But, yeah, you, know, just, I, but you, you know what? The answer. You're right though. Like, you. This has to be a transition year for you, where you're looking at is as upside only based on your player evaluations. It has to be. You can't. Yeah, a, you can't spend goofy, that money. Goofy, you can't goofy spend spot that money. Yeah, and yeah. I guess here's one thing. I'll. I, I, one other thing I'll say about the roster. Okay, and this is kind of important. Um, we gave a pretty extended criticism of Chicago for really not giving their quarterback a ton of time to, uh, you know, or not, not giving him the opportunity to potentially develop as a passer because the interior offensive line is a huge, huge, huge weakness for the Bears. Uh, interior offensive line for the Packers is a huge strength. Um, that unit I have currently power rated the top five interior offensive line their offensive line overall i have top seven where do you have um, myers as far as centers uh he's got to be near that or near the top uh great oh yeah outstanding grade on myers outstanding grade on jenkins um good grade on runyon um bakhtiari assuming he plays i have a good grade on him but he's yeah. kind of a huge question about availability zach tom is the lowest graded of their projected starters at right tackle, but uh, his actual actually his replacement, uh, Yash Nyman, I have a better grade for Z- than Zach Tom. So I, I don't know what's going on there with the the current depth chart, um, but they've got depth. They've got really good players in the off- interior offensive line, which means like they should be able to run whatever they want and really test Love to see if he can execute it. Right, like they actually do have the right con- concept for they, an offense with offense with upside. <laughs> right, like this is the right concept for we're going to build an offense mm-hmm. that only has upside. Yep. Right. Like they, like they, I guess, really. George and some, somebody brought sense. up somebody brought up Jaden Reed uh, earlier in the in the chat too. I don't remember who it was, but like you have three wide receivers that they liked that, um, you know, the two showed flashes of it at times. And we have another one coming up where it's like, Hey, Jaden Reed might be something, uh, the good 
good news out of camp. We that's the only kind of news we get unless somebody's injured. But I don't know. They seem to like him up there as well. So it could be a fun offense. It's uh, fun and yeah. po- popping over to the schedule too. Like I said, when we look at this defense, as Drew pointed out, and as much as I dogged on the safeties, a lot of that is run grade. Like as a whole, like he points out that with Alexander, with Rasul Douglas, and just as a whole, it's a good coverage unit. And I mean, just start looking at these quarterbacks you're gonna play. So you got Fields, you got Atlanta. Ritter. I guess yeah. it's gonna be Ritter. Ritter. It's too early to not be Ritter. It's Fields. Car. Um, Goff. You got, Car. Car. Goff. Uh, I put him. Yeah. You know, Brian Hoyer. Top half, but not yeah. great. But Vegas is maybe Garoppolo. We have. Uh, you think he's gonna make it to week five? Maybe we got. We got. We got. Uh, Garoppolo is you know, gonna get hurt in week three against the Steelers. Let's just say. Russell Wilson is good again. I'll give okay. them the benefit of the doubt to work against my argument here. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. The Rams will find out who's starting at that point in the season. Obviously, with Cup back, that could be a, a tough offense. And then it gets, you know, you do have some tough ones in the middle, obviously, with uh, the Chargers. You have KC. But then at the end, I mean, Tampa, Carolina, Chicago again at the end of the season. Like, there's a bunch of patches of very, very iffy rookie Mayfield-esque quarterbacks that you face. There's like eight games where it's like you have a very high strength on one of their big weaknesses. Like Even if this defense can't stop the run all that well, the secondary matches up really well against things like, and again, if, if I'm Atlanta's game, if I'm Arthur Smith, I'm pulling the Mac Jones win game. Like, do we want to pass against Green Bay? Like, should we just throw maybe like five passes at all? Like, that's the game plan to win that game. But there's a bunch of instances here where the the strength of this defense will be up against a very minus quarterback as far as a passing game goes. <laughs> you know, there's there's a bunch of there's a bunch of really tough ones. Like, I, going to getting to host the Chargers in Kansas City. I guess maybe you could split those if you're good. But I mean, there's a really tough stretch in the middle of the season for this team. So you have to win those games. Like that's that's the season to me is when you are an advantage against a big minus at the quarterback position against your secondary, you have to win all those games if you want this mm-hmm. to be a successful season. You have to probably split against Minnesota and Detroit at worst. You probably need to sweep Chicago. They they do need to win in the, you know in the margins here in a lot of spots because this it's not so tough but there's some really tough games in the schedule yeah yeah most of them are later at least um i say later like week 10 to week 14 is really where it gets nasty um uh, this is tough um so atlanta Atlanta, that might be the first game where someone has 300 yard rushers (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk through what this means then um you have good protection for a quarterback, which means comeback mode. You should you should at least have a fighting chance in comeback mode. Okay, you have you're a bit of an unknown offensively, right? So it's not like yeah, pain in the ass to game plan for. Yeah, pain in the ass to game plan for, for sure. Um, there's no you know the one of the key one of the key factors kind of separating the teams at the top nowadays are tendency breakers and improv, improvisation and you know how just having some creativity that really helps differentiate you um we don't know what green bay is going to be offensively so that 
in and of itself is potentially an advantage for them uh, out of the gate. Um, soft dish scheduled to start, surely. Uh, four straight coin flips is, is pretty interesting to me. Um, I'm talking, of course, of the week two through week five. Uh, and your point about not going up against any super tough quarterbacks is pretty cool. In fact, the best quarterback you play in that in the first in that run is is Jared Carr. Goff. I would say Goff. <laughs> it's close. Goff. I would say Goff. Goff, Goff is just fitting yeah. better in that system. Yeah, and actually, that's Cars. a fun game. That's a that's a prime timer. Uh, we'll we'll get to watch that on Amazon Prime. Uh, and a uh, little relive a little of the fighting Dan Campbells in uh, in Lambeau, where they and, ended Green Bay season last year. Ah, ah the Hef kind of points out the the inverse of what I just said too, which checks out when you look at it. Is if this pass offense is going to be good, if there is all this upside, there's a bunch of spots where there's big minus secondaries. Are you going to play against like the Bears and Minnesota mm-hmm. twice? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lions made some moves. But we haven't seen it work out yet. I think that's a there's still a possibility that that doesn't completely work out, and you can have six games in division against secondaries where you match up really well against. You know, I, I know where we're at on some of these other teams. Atlanta made some moves too. It's kind of yeah, the same as, yeah. That same that as, looks like a stinker. That 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 looks like a if you come out and you it's kick early ass on week though. One, you know, I know, but I'm, I'm, if you come out and you kick ass week one against Chicago, and people are like, oh. oh. The Buzzy Packers, let's see what they did. They just won as dogs uh, on the road. Uh, like you could see, you could get a, a nice little reaction spot there where Atlanta's the clear side week two because that, that's a matchup problem for, for Green yeah. Bay, I think. Um, the litmus test for me I is going to be. Atlanta week three, I think Atlanta still will run the ball quite a bit. Yeah, of course. Like course. I, the they're... litmus test is week three. If if Green Bay uh, hosts a home opener, if they can't beat New Orleans in that litmus test, then this team is sub 500 this season, I think. Um, that's really the one that I would have circled. Uh, Detroit's obviously a big time game for them. Uh, Vegas, they should absolutely beat on the road in week five. Um, but yeah, I think realistically there, this is a, this is a, this is a soft schedule. This is pretty freaking easy overall. KC is on there. That's tough. Denver defense is tough, but there's really not a lot of other stuff on here that really spooks you. Uh, and you got Jerry Alexander to match up against a couple of the elite wideouts that you go up against. So you should be able to uh, be in every game, I guess. So I guess what I was getting at is you have an offensive line that's built to protect love, to give him a shot to come back. You have a running complimentary running game. You have a little bit of an unknown. If, yeah, or wise. if you have a lead, if you don't need, if you're, if you're winning yeah, some well, of these coin flip games, you have a good run game. You have a good right. run scheme. Right. And in fact, that's those are the best games for you on the schedule where games where you're up against a quarterback that's not going to be able to throw their way back in on your very good secondary. Right. Mm-hmm. The pass rush is not great. I have the pass rush for the Packers ranked 23rd in the NFL. Uh, there are no real obvious clear standouts outside of Rashawn Gary that are in that room. Um, and he's been unavailable. He's had an availability issue. So yeah. that said, if it's a dedicated opponent must pass situation against your very good secondary and a couple of live pass rushers, then you should be able to put away leads, right? Like you should like the, there, the D there is enough of a chance that you should be able to get some, some hard fought wins that I think that I understand, or at least I'm not having buyer's remorse about believing in the upside of the Packers. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. And same thing my my bet that i ended up like if i had to bet a long tail one way or the other it was packers division at 
part near five to one, just because I, I do mm. believe. Yeah, in this, that's right. I do believe in right. this this pass against this schedule. I do believe in this passing game to do something. Somebody brought up Quay Walker. I was just checking my notes. I forgot about that. Remember, he got kicked out of two different, two separate games for pushing for pushing opposing coaches. I have to look at which games it was, but like I thought he pushed the ref time, in one game, didn't he? Was it a ref? It, it, he pushed. He pushed the ref in the Lions game. Yeah, that was out. it. He put. He pushed. He got thrown out of two different games for just like shoving people. Like he, and dude. also, he wasn't very good against the run either. Good, good coverage guy. He was. He was sowing some signs, but boy, uh, Buffalo and Detroit says Nick C, and I'm going to take him at his mm-hmm. word. So let's look at the odds for the Packers. Like we just mentioned, we both have some five to one ish. I think I got four seventy five. I don't want to misrepresent it. Let me see what I got because I will tell you the same. It got beat down at a few places, but uh, I got 525. It is 350. Okay. It's still up above four at some places. We just grabbed it from the same book for continuity's sake. But like, this is another one too where we see all this upside. We think we might have, you know, one of the preeminent play callers. As it turns out, it it, it could be. There's all this upside for this offense. That said, I still don't want this. I don't want this quarterback in the playoffs. Like it's it's still a really big game. Like this team obviously has a bunch of outcomes where they make the playoffs without winning the division. Like just not not super excited about having those prices on Super Bowl NFC if we're we're sitting there in a you know a road game in Philly or something. Like fuck that. I don't I don't need these Super Bowl prices. I th- and I the toughest part is the schedules not conducive for them going down. So if you disagree with that and you think there's some value or you found a better price in the NFC, maybe there's some 2025s, it does feel like you should take it now rather than waiting because, you know, if you're wrong, you don't want it. If they can't get through that first yeah, stretch, right. you it's don't over, want that yeah. bad. And if yeah. and if you're right, that price is never coming back. Correct, yeah. So correct. if, if correct. you believe in the Packers, if you think – Hey, this is uh, maybe it's Shanahan-ish, where we, it doesn't matter if the quarterback is, you know, very inexperienced. We can still win playoff games based off uh, the skill position playmakers and what they do with this offense. Obviously, that defense was a lot better, and we mm-hmm. believe in that uh, that uh, you know defensive coordinator. They keep getting hired away to coach teams, so different situation, same kind of thing though. If you believe, I think the play is make it now because those odds will shorten or. It'll just be a team that you wouldn't want to bet on later on anyway. Yeah. Um, amazing uh, how this roster is so inexperienced. Your your senior pass catcher, and I'm not counting Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon in this, Romeo Dubs has 525 career snaps. He is the most experienced player on your roster who can catch the football. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> Year wild. two, wild, wild, wild. Okay, um, so yeah, you. I think you did a fair job breaking down the odds. If the Packers succeed out of the gate, they are going to be a type of that price is going to shorten aggressively because just in general, people are going to be like the question mark about the offense. If it's it's they're going to if they're winning, it is basically going to be a circular logic confirmation on. The offense is good. Jordan Love is the guy. LaFleur is making it work. All of those price. Everything positive about the Packers is going to shorten pretty aggressively if they are out to a good start. 
Um, again, I would say their ceiling is probably five, four and one. I don't think five and oh, Sam, sorry. I don't think five and oh is happening. There's that, that both the at Atlanta and the versus Detroit games are pretty huge. Uh, you know, I would have them as pretty meaningful dogs in those two. Um, but I like them at Chicago week one. I like, I, I litmus test again, Green Bay versus New Orleans. Those two teams are power rated so closely in my, in my numbers. Like, I, you know, don't, don't really know one way or the other who's good or bad between those two. And then mm-hmm. I like them against Vegas. So they should be like, we're looking, I, I think kind of bad luck is two and three at the buy, early buy. And I think good is four and one and most likely is probably three and two. So good start for them. They should get shorter, having division in pocket. Don't hate it. Um, but uh, a little nervous about uh, uh, just some of these numbers, man, that I have on this offensive side for the skill position group and the quarterback is just there's just so much to to uh, to question. Big on big old uncertainty, Ben's big big uncertainty. Yeah, the range of outcomes is this defense underperforms again. Doesn't matter how good the secondary is if they can't stop the run. Barry's fired midseason. And nobody steps up in the passing game. Jordan Love was a mistake. He just doesn't have it. This is this is a team that is absolutely like at that point. What's the highlight of this team? You have a good running game and uh, a secondary that doesn't matter because you're already down by two scores, scores and they're running the ball. I mean, th- this is a pretty deep dip to the to the bottom of, and those aren't those aren't like you know, low probability things. It's not like, oh, it's 50-50. Jordan Love is either good or he's, you know, a bottom five quarterback. But there's mm-hmm. there's enough unknown where this offense just not being good at all is a higher probability and to go along with the probability that the defense just doesn't figure it out. Like, <laughs> like three, four wins is not off the table because everybody else in division is – more upside teams. And I still believe that, you know, Minnesota is kind of a decent matchup as far as offense goes. We'll see how those games play out. Like things could go poorly, but at the same time, all it takes is love to be decent. A couple of, yeah. they have like six receivers now that are on their first or second year. Just two of them. Just show me something to go along with Aaron Jones. This offense is top 12 and move along and win eight, nine, 10 games. So it's a big spread. And because of, you know, because oh, of the uncertainty yeah. we've been talking about for the last 40 minutes and whew, it'll be, uh, it'll be something. This is going to be one of the most, I'm excited to watch this division more than anything. Like did yeah. the lion, you know, did not spoil Wednesday, but like did the lions bungle the rebuild at the five yard line was Minnesota really that lucky or is there some skilled being playing in close games and having a good passing game? You know, there, yeah. there's so many fun outcomes for this division for sure. So I think right now power rating their offense as a bottom five unit. It's not crazy just because the youth and inexperience, but it only has one direction and that's up. I think you can only kind of go, they can only surprise to the good offensively. And um, God, I mean, this is super duper narrative street, but how much time did LaFleur spend figuring out exactly what he has with these pieces, tutoring Matt LaFleur, I mean, tutoring uh, Jordan Love to the best absolute possible job? He Like, like, like did Matt LaFleur have an especially, you know, especially high incentive to really, really dial in and get this offense, 
geared for 2023 to send a message. <laughs> I think it's entirely possible. Yeah. And a lot <laughs> of people are making the, you know, LaFleur coach of the year kind of. Well, so that's kind of the, that was where I was going with this. So if I, you, yeah, yeah, if you, if you like Super Bowl, if you like NFC, if you like even just uh, NFC North. Stop it, coach of the year. Yeah. It feels like they, they won, they won probably too many games, but there is a, there's a strong narrative around like, Oh my God, he did it without Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it, it, maybe it's worth a little tickle to go along with those. Yeah. And I think, I mean, he it, it, like the real, the other kind of, we didn't even mention it, but like the other guys in the conversation for coach of the year include Dan Campbell and Matt Everflus. And yeah. if he wins the division, he's beaten those guys. So he is almost certainly taking up more coach of the year. Right yeah, away. Yeah. Right. Right. I think realistically they have to win 11 games for him to get the award. Um, there can't necessarily be the perception that everyone in the NFC North stinks. Nine win Packers title for the NFC North is not going to get him to the finish line, I don't think. Um, but yeah, Minnesota and Detroit being good, yeah, still beating them helps yeah. a ton. Yeah, I think there's kind of a narrow range of outcomes for the defense for the Packers just because of the schedule of quarterbacks they play. Only has of guys that I would say are sure fired top six. Quarterbacks in the NFL, they only play two. Within three weeks. Yeah, but it's only two. <laughs> it's not yeah. that's not that's that's not enough to really test your defense. Um, and I think that you could end up with just based on strength of opponent and strength of opponent quarterbacks, this defense ends up as top ten on paper, you know, by EPA per play type of metrics, even though their run defense still huge questions and the pass rush is pretty weak at least inexperienced if not outright weak um so yeah i think the range of outcomes for the defense this is probably ceiling eight floor 14 in terms of epa per play at the end of the season regardless of how bad good or bad and it's like eight if barry's good 14 if barry's bad kind of deal um or health obviously kind of controls some of that too but i think the narrow range of outcomes for the defense it's, it's entirely the offense um, if this is a mid middle of the pack offense with this schedule, they're going to win 10 games, maybe 11. And I think um, have a decent shot at coach of the year for Matt LaFleur and have a decent shot at getting their absolute clock cleaned by the, uh, the loser of the um, Eagles Cowboys in the NFC East, who's probably <laughs> going to be the five seed. Yeah. And then, yeah, you run back like AJ Donaldson's pointing out in the chat, run back Barry again. So yeah, the the betting plan, like we we kind of we we went over the betting plan a little with the odds. We said like if you'd like them on the high end bets, like Super Bowl, NFC, even division, make it now because it is a soft start. Those odds will depress. Mm -hmm. If you like Coach of the Year, probably similar. And you know, if you like Coach of the Year, you probably are a little. You probably have to be a little bearish on Detroit and the Bears, I guess, at mm -hmm. that point. Um. Kevin yeah. O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell probably deserves more discussion than anybody of the four, mm -hmm. but he won too many games last year. Like he just, oh, yeah. you won the you won the division. Like you just, he's not going to be able to show the improvement to, to no, win anything, no, no, even no. if even if this offense goes back Rich, and runs. You know, he's he was the easiest cross off. Yeah. Actually, Kevin there was a couple other ones who were easy. Kevin, Kevin he was one of the easiest cross off. 
Kevin O'Connell probably has to win 16 games <laughs> to win coach of the year. And that it might be the over under might be like 16 and a half. Truthfully. <laughs> he has to have just a crazy play calling season mm-hmm. as well, because they, they just overperformed. People aren't going to forget. Well, this is the, they were, you know, they won last year. There's a playoff team. Like he didn't do anything mm-hmm. to improve this. He has the offensive player of the year. Like we're not impressed guys. So, so it's uh yeah it, fun it, it is it is it is out there for Lafleur to win this the the narrative especially I think and it, it, this is silly to say but Rogers playing well helps that like it was been like Rogers still has it and he's doing it without Rogers oh <laughs> sure it's such a dumb add add to that no, I, I, I think independently if Rogers stinks it's going to be like oh maybe he was Lafleur who was this kind of revitalized his career yeah maybe so, it yeah. helps either way um like you you don't want a middling Rogers you want no really realistically if if the Green Bay Packers offense is top half of the league if Jordan Love is a quarterback that you know people are like excited to build around then he's gonna it's he's gonna get a lion's share of the credit for that um and he'll deserve it, honestly, because like he's gonna be doing it with a bunch of kids, and they're gonna be there's gonna be inconsistency really with this offense. It's kind of my kids at a time. Um, fun one to for Dan to kind of make a note for end of the year clipping. If the Eagles head to Lambeau in the four or five matchup, I would lay up to six on the Eagles in that game, maybe more. Do you have an opinion? It's a pretty rough matchup for the Green Bay defense. And unless we get to that game and the linebackers, Quay Walker is like we're talking about him week in or week out, how he's improved <laughs> as a as a pass defender and the pass rush has gotten good and it's healthy. Van Ness is contributing. Um, like unless the, the defense is past your prediction of eight and it's like a top five defense, yeah, that's a it's kind of a rough matchup for them. Yeah. Not I mean, it's ideal. a rough match. It's a great team. It's not a good matchup for anyone. Not ideal. Um, okay. Well, let's go pack go in the NFC North. Get that four seed. <laughs> Do you remember? That was maybe our biggest argument we've ever had. Not the, the most mad anyone's ever been on the podcast. Obviously, happened during the playoffs a couple of years back. But the biggest argument we've mm-hmm. probably ever had, the most we've ever disagreed with, Oh, how many, how many? How many notes <laughs> are in the Go Pack Go thing? We're, yeah, we're, you got it that right. I thought it was I five was, and it was six. Is that right? I don't remember. Or I thought it was four. We, yeah. we we spent like two minutes doing the. Da, 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 da. No, it's four. No, and you were going. I think mine is better. Maybe that's why I remember. No, that's what like yeah. Better, I like how yours is a little more. Yeah, you want a little more pop. You want a little more funk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You got to get that. That you got to get that. Everybody, everybody on the horns moves but doesn't blow on the on the gap. On the yeah. second, yeah. it's a rest. Yeah, it's a rest. Yeah, um, exactly. I got a story for that <laughs> afterwards. Um, I will say too, and I know some people had some prices, including you, so it was hard to do it publicly. People know that, like, I've given up my Vikings fandom. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, bet to betting too many games to like mm-hmm. cheer for a team anymore. Mm-hmm. It's the team that you hate the most as a fan. That's harder to give up. And I think maybe part of it too was because <laughs> Rogers. Rogers is so difficult to like. 
But like down that stretch when they yeah. won those five games in a row, I wasn't, I'd hated to do it out loud because you had a nice price, but I wanted nothing more than them to lose every week. Like, <laughs> I, like to the point where I had to avoid betting those games because I'm like, my head's not right on this one. Do you not remember I, I how I set s- all that up? I, you know, you had it perfectly set up. And I, no, that's no, why no, I but was, the, no, the setup was literally this is going to make the playoffs miserable if the Packers are winning. So I have to have some skin. Yeah, you, in you it. bet it. You <laughs> it, bet was, it, it was literally like, I'm going to hate every second of this. So I better be, get like 50 to one out of it or something. Like it was, yeah. that was, no, the yeah, whole you setup. bet, you bet it as yeah. like a happiness hedge because you yes, really exactly. the and I, yes. I couldn't even do that. I hated them so much. And then they rattle off five games in a row and I'm like, this is miserable for me. Cause I don't even have to bet. So I, I, again, I felt bad for Dan your, Campbell your saved it all. Dave Dan, Dan Campbell, Campbell did, uh, so, and yeah. hey, no, my, it, it, it worked out for me too because that was the clinching game that I won the booby prize uh, on the uh, on the fourth quarter oh, booby sure, prize sure. in the circuit contest because I had the Lions in that or I had Packers. The Packers losing that game was my offset for not uh, not 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 having that future live in the playoffs. So it all worked out. <laughs> it, uh, it was uh, it was happy happiness for everyone. Um, yeah, only sad because the Lions didn't actually get a playoff game. That would have been better. Lions. Niners would have been so much Lions better been than Niners Seahawks. Oh God. Yeah. And speaking of Dan Campbell, the Lions will be talking about them on Wednesday. They'll be our f- final team. Mm-hmm. We're gonna because of the odds. We'll start with the Minnesota Vikings as Lee Bruce is bringing up. Yeah, they're miraculous. Like we are gonna spend a little time in the 2022 season because there's some there's some absolute stupid shit that happened to the Minnesota Vikings. I still can't believe. Josh Allen fumbled that snap in the end zone. Like how oh, no. the, the things that had to happen. And again, yeah, we you need have to, to clear. Be, we need to clear a full forty minutes for the twenty twenty two. You have to be in absurd. close. Yeah. You have to be in close games to win close games. This is true. Yeah. But the amount of things that went right, including coming back against the Colts, which oh, I almost God. turned that game. Like again, not as a Vikings fan, standalone Saturday as, game. As a watching a standalone game, it's like, should I go like work outside? Should I go do something else? This game is horrible. And then obviously <laughs> we saw one of the most amazingly, depending on which side of it you were on, hilarious comebacks of all time. So we'll be back Wednesday, Vikings and Lions putting a bow in the NFC North. We'll catch you guys then. If you could do a thumbs up on the YouTube, that would be spectacular. Again, check out our partner Sport Trade if you're in New Jersey or in the Rocky Mountain state of Colorado. See you guys. Try to keep that entire Vikings Colts game recap under five minutes. That's going to be tough. <laughs> the things. There was like a minute left in the third quarter. It was 36 7. The, the, the thing, too, was that the defense.